The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. You can follow James on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. I'm at Clay W. Link. James, crazy week. Uh, well, last 10 days really with all the call-ups, uh, starting with Correa a while ago and, you know, Buxton, Lindor. Uh, it's, it's crazy to the flood of uh, incredible young talent that's into the game. We're going to touch on your latest Farm Futures piece, the best of who's left, coming up here shortly. But I first want to talk about some of these guys that have been called up, specifically the hitters. Now, we'll start with Buxton. I mean, he's you know not gotten off to the start that Correa has and batting at the bottom of the order so far uh, in, in his first five games and you know just two for, two for 16. But at the same time, I feel like it may be only be a matter of time before he shoots up in this lineup. Do you agree with me? Uh, he's not going to shoot up without getting hot at the plate, mm-hmm. but I think that that's only a matter of time. I think it, it shouldn't be that surprising that he's uh, – struggled a little bit out of the gate i mean this is a guy who he struggled out of the gate at double a this year you know mm-hmm. so 
Uh, guys, I mean, he's kind of kind of streaky a little bit, at least at this stage of his career. But um, you know, really exciting to see him. I remember on Saturday I was like tweeting about you know how hot he'd been at the plate like minutes before he got called up, and it was just like really really cool to see. And mm. he, you know, he'd been tearing it up down there. Uh, I think he had like a eight eight or ten game hitting streak going. You know, a bunch of bunch of steals and homers wasn't striking out a ton so you know long term it's going to be pretty exciting but yeah there's there's been some bumps early yeah I'm excited about what he's going to bring the rest of the season and you know I was running the in-season value dollar values tool on the site and Chris Bryant I mean even after this first couple weeks down he's still been uh you know a top 25 hitter I think overall and I think you know Buxton not going to be that high up but I think with the power and speed combination ability to hit uh, you know, he could be a top 100 guy when it's all said and done. And yeah, I think Brian Dozier is more fitted for a, a run-producing role, so I, I could see them maybe get, looking to get him I, out of that leadoff spot. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see Buxton up at the top there. Um, I understand why they're not doing that, I guess, but, um, you know, I think by, you know, July, August, September, he'll be up there because I think the Twins are going to be fading from the from contention at that point um mm-hmm. no don't expect definitely don't expect him to do what what brian's done i mean very different players i mean brian's mm-hmm. got like four years on him so yeah uh, that's true. yeah i mean don't don't expect him to to match what brian's doing and mentioned carlos correa he's off to an incredible start really exciting what he's doing right now three homers already 341 average three stolen bases as well uh, 10 strikeouts and 41 at bats but you, you definitely live with that when he's giving you that kind of production and uh, he's betting. He's been betting second in the order the past couple of days, and with you know Altuve banged up, he's he's back in there again. And uh, I think this is a a pretty perfect spot for him in this lineup. What, what do you think the the rest of season projection for him looks like? Do you think he's a easy top five shortstop rest of season? Yeah, I mean, I mean like just like before the season, Bryant was ahead of Buxton in our rankings. Uh, Correa was ahead of Buxton for a reason at at the mid May point. I mean, he's extremely special uh extremely advanced for his age i mean the way he was handling the upper upper levels before he got called up i you know the power i don't think many people thought that the power would be he was kind of like manny machado in that sense i don't think people thought he was going to get to that you know 20 plus homer power this early in his career Mm -hmm. and you know he clearly has that and i i think you look at the weakness at at that shortstop position i mean gosh like yeah. Xander Bogarts <laughs> is maybe the best AL shortstop and uh I mean Tulowitzki obviously in the NL but after that it gets it gets I mean Marcus Semien's fallen off Ian Desmond hasn't gotten going so there's there's not much to like there I think yeah I think easy top five at least I mean maybe top three if you're just talking about trade value yeah I, I think you get an absolute haul for this guy right now and there's you know Middle infield in general thin, but shortstop especially. I mean, uh, aside from Hanley Tulo, then you got Ian Desmond who's been disappointing. Jose Reyes, you know, big injury risk, and you know, he's still pr- producing. But uh, then you got Alexi Ramirez, Starlin Castro. I could, I think, uh, Correa. You know, on the site we have him a little bit outside, but I think you know, I, I'd easily have him top five. So a guy that I'm excited about. Only was able to grab him in a couple leagues, but. Happy. Sucks that I have him. The one league I have him in is staff <laughs> keeper, and I already yeah. am a seller in that one, so yeah. it doesn't. All of his productions for not. I love. I actually kind of like being a seller now. 
I mean, it was. You or, know, I had my high hopes, but now just raking in these prospects. It's better like, to be a seller than to be neither a seller or yeah. a contender. So, yeah, like, well, certain yeah. somebody over like, who owns right. bucks, now. right? Right. Who <laughs> <laughs> won't be, be listening to this podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> will not. Uh, you know, he had. I, I, you know, we all tried to pry Buxton away from him in the staff keeper league too. I understand that he didn't want to give him up, but at the same time, you need to bring in more prospects, make some moves. Yeah, surround him with guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll move on to Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I mean, amazing debut last night when his first start. Uh, four for five, the triple two. Big man can, can move. I mean, he's only six one, but he's he's hefty. Uh, hefty with a lot of power. Was he's absolutely be- he's killing beefy. You know, he's he, a beefy he's, guy. He sweats. He drinks canned beer. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's Daniel Vogelbach's like, <laughs> older brother. Yeah. It's... I mean, I'm excited to to see what he's doing, and but at the same time, they've they've made it clear that he will be going down Monday, uh, no matter how he fares this weekend. And, and Miguel Montero back in the lineup today after dealing with some back issues on I mean, Wednesday. Do you, do you like? What if I what if I put the over under at, uh, say 250 plate appearances for Schwarber the rest of the way? I think I'd have to take the under. I I'm actually taking the over there. Oh, wow. I, I don't okay. I don't think, uh, you know I look at the the Rangers with Joey Gallo. Um, Schwarber's more big league ready than Gallo in my opinion right now, mm-hmm. and I I don't see any flaws really in his approach the way that Gallo does. So, uh, you know you look at what they're putting out there in left field right now. You look at Coughlin's been all right. He's been okay. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, I I don't know. I I think that you could, it'd be more valuable. And I think Schwarber's advanced enough to, that if he was getting four or five starts a week, you know, like two at catcher, three in the outfield, or something like that. Um, you know, I think what they'll what they'll do if they, if they do indeed send him down, I think what they'll do is they'll start playing him in the outfield a little bit down there, and just like because once they kind of see that he's uh, the bat's ready for the big leagues. They'll get him, get him some looks in, in left field down there because he was playing catcher almost exclusively. And then once they kind of are comfortable with the way he can handle left field, I think he'll be right back up here. But long terms, the plan is still behind the plate, yeah. right? It's yeah. it's just a matter of you know maybe just not major league ready at, at the position defensively right now. I think he might. I mean, I think he might be um, mm-hmm. passable at least right now. I just I don't think that they. They'd want him to be able to play somewhere other than catcher on the days he's not catching to get okay. his bat in the lineup. You know. I see. Now, wanted to touch on those guys, but also wanted to hit on Vincent Velasquez because you mentioned you saw him dropped in one league. It had a somewhat rough outing. It was kind of you know faring pretty well until he gave up a two-run homer to Carlos Gonzalez there in that last outing. But uh, do you think this is a guy that actually should be owned in most – most mixed formats maybe 15 and yeah. well like i mean he was dropped in a 12 team where i'm in and i scooped him up there so uh kind of same thing with eduardo rodriguez who was really roughed up in his last outing i mean these aren't guys that you should be panicking on mm-hmm. uh, they're not i mean it, they're young pitchers who are making their first handful of starts in the big leagues it's not going to be a quality start every single time out but exactly. the, the upside's there and i don't think the astros like the Astros view him, I think, as a piece of their rotation over the rest of the season. And, you know, looking at your prospect rankings, I find it interesting because I've, I've gotten this question a couple times. Uh, you know, Chichi Gonzalez versus Velasquez, you know, rest of the season. I, I kind of like Velasquez a little bit more. You have Chichi one spot ahead, but, uh, you know, Chichi 
the, the str- uh, strikeout to walk rate isn't anything to write home about, but he's been faring well. Uh, almost had you know that complete game again mm-hmm. in his last start. Uh, which way would you lean there for the rest of this season only? Uh, Velasquez. You know, I think that that question gets closer and closer uh, the deeper your league is, just because a guy like Chichi becomes more valuable in a deeper league where you're not as reliant on getting strikeouts on from your starters you just kind of you just want production any way you can get it um velasquez though has just way more uh impact upside i guess just because of his ability to miss bats yeah i'm with you there and i love chichi though i saw some uh some idiot on twitter was (laughs) was throwing out the other day like we need to get chichi gonzalez a nickname like his nickname's Chi Chi. It's He's like one Alex. of the best. It's one of the best <laughs> yeah. nicknames in the bigs. It's an eighty nickname. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the yeah eighty the, the top you can get setting the bar for nicknames in Major League Baseball. Yeah, like, so. I, that's insane to me. But uh, Cheech, I mean, yeah, it's you can take it any which way. But before we move on to your uh, best of who's left farm futures piece again, if you want to check it out, go to roadwire.com, roadwire.com slash pod to get free ten days on us. I just want to give some some injury updates here. Uh, Just on Jorge Alfaro, sounds like he could miss the rest of the season, just an FYI. Uh, Significant left ankle injury. Uh, Disappointing. I mean, it's tough to see, especially for a catching prospect. It takes a good amount of time to develop there anyway, but it's going to set him back. Still only 22 years old, but uh, this isn't something that will probably push him out of your top 70 or so. No. No, he's... He'll probably just stick in the top fifty. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it's whatever. He'll be he'll be up sometime next year. Yeah. And okay. So we'll we'll jump in here. I mean, the the best of who's left. You know, clearly Corey Seager right at the top there. Your third overall prospect well, behind Korea. Top, top prospect. Yeah. In still all in the of, uh, Yeah. I mean, of, of anyone that's in the minor leagues, easy. Yeah. Corey so Seager. These guys haven't lost prospect eligibility, right. but, but yeah, in the minors, of course. And your third prospect overall behind. Correa and Buxton. Now the Dodgers have been have been adamant. You know they're not on the verge of, of bringing him up, but uh, you know the the murmurs are there. People are chirping, and the Dodgers really could use it. There's an immediate need. And I I sort of believe them a li- like in the sense that they I don't think they want to bring him up. I think they'd prefer Jimmy Rollins get going mm-hmm. at the plate, and then they can just ride that out and maybe bring up Seager. Uh, the same way they did Peterson in in September. Um, But I I just don't know how long. I mean, this isn't a a stupid team uh, in the front office. I don't know how long they're going to continue to trot Rollins out there. I I looked it up the other day. He's got the the 10th worst weighted on base, the 10th worst OPS in all the majors among qualified hitters. I mean, he's given him a zero or actually worse than a zero probably offensively. I mean, his, his defense has been solid, but he's been a, about a replacement level player right now so uh i i just don't know how you how long you can hold a guy like seeker down when the option at the big league level is is performing so poorly so yeah. he's he's mentioned in here uh i i wouldn't necessarily expect him to beat a guy like hector Oliveira, who we might talk about in a minute to the big leagues but just based on his potential once he does get called up he has to be mentioned here yeah absolutely and you know the dodgers have pretty good depth both in the infield and the outfield but they don't really have any get anybody on the major league roster right now who's a great shortstop option i mean they got enrique hernandez who can step yeah. in justin turner can maybe play there occasionally but uh if you want a long-term solution you know a guy you can plug in 
and really get a plus out of that spot. I mean, Seager's the guy right now. I mean, just 21 years old at AAA, batting 296 with a 351 on base, 459 slug, four homers, but 12 doubles, 20 RBI, uh, 24 strikeouts and 13 walks. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Uh, you know, of course, little brother Kyle Seager, but pretty clearly, I, well, at least in my opinion, has the superior upside uh, among right. those two. And um, do you would you say maybe All Star break for Seager? Uh, that's that's not a bad kind of target. Yeah, I would I would say he gets called up sometime in July. And you mentioned Hector Oliveira. He's not an option to play short, but he could no. play second or third. You mentioned probably going to a good chance to beat Seager to the majors. Uh, recently advanced from Double A to Triple A, and uh, you know he's older. You know he's an older player, but he's and there, there was some concerns about the UCL, but it looks like you know he could come in and make a pretty major impact. You have him at twenty one overall on your prospect ranks. Uh, what what can we expect from him in terms of, of fantasy impact? Which which categories is he going to be a standout contributor in? Uh, I think batting average would be the the top one, and then it just kind of depends about where he's put in the lineup, whether you're looking for runs or RBIs from him. But, um, you know, I, would, I wouldn't I would expect double-digit homers from him uh, in the big leagues this year, but I think he does get called up before the All-Star break. And, you know, he might not even play every day either. I mean, it, it's he's a 30-year-old, so mm-hmm. it's not – like he's, he's not a guy that you need to, like, get his confidence up or anything like that. I mean, you just treat him like a major league veteran at that point, and – Justin Turner's been hitting the ball. Howie Kendrick's, uh, you know, steady as they come. So I mean, those guys aren't going to be completely phased out. It's just going to be more, more Oliveira than Turner probably, and then, uh, you know, he'll he'll get a few starts at second base as well. Yeah, continuing that kind of revolving door there. But does that mean Alex Guerrero may be squeezed? I mean, he's already kind of squeezed out. I mean, I he. Don't know. I I don't see him. I don't see Guerrero playing more than like two or three games at third base the rest of the season. Like, wow. he's he's going to be outfield only, I think. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll jump to uh, back to Minnesota. I mean, we talked about Buxton at length, but Miguel Sano, I mean, also a guy who's you know very highly touted, immense raw power, uh, showing that again after missing all of last season, uh, after undergoing Tommy John surgery. I thought it was interesting. Paul Mulder even acknowledged to the Minneapolis Star Tribune that uh, they, they've thought about it. They're, it's a possibility they could give him a call up. Uh, I would love to see him up. I'd love to see Jose Barrios come up as well. Team really push all their chips to the middle of the table. But uh, with Sano, do you think maybe, you know, we mentioned Buxton, you know, he's not going to be at the level of Bryant, but do you think Sano can actually maybe be more, uh, have more fantasy value than, than Buxton once he's up? Yeah, you could make that case. I I think I'd still take Buxton just because I think you're going to be getting a, a better batting average. Um but Sano, like he he's raking right now. I mean, he got off to a slow start. He hit uh, 684 OPS in April, but 929 in May, 983 so far in June. Uh, you know, he Kenny Vargas hit a walk off bomb today, which probably doesn't necessarily help Sano's chances in the the short term. But uh, once he's up, he could you know kind of do. I think he'd he'd play every day, but it wouldn't necessarily be the same spot every day. I think he mm. could spell Joe Maurer here and there. He could spell Trevor Pluth here and there. He'd probably get a lot of at bats at DH uh, over Vargas. So, um, yeah, I, I think he he could kind of do what Joey Gallo's doing right now. I mean, that wouldn't be crazy to to think of, but mm. I don't think he. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know when he's going to be up, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put him over Buxton, but definitely a guy who could hit 10 homers in a month if he's up. Yeah, less favorable home park, of course, than Gallo, but but uh, one of those guys that you know with like just like with John Carlos Stanton, it's not it's not yeah, ballpark not dependent matter, power yeah. for sure. Yeah, and you know you mentioned Plouffe. I mean, probably you know has a leash in that role. I mean, he did bat three twelve in in May, but just a one fifty five average so far in June. Uh, nine for fifty eight. If if those struggles continue, I mean that that would give them a perfect and, excuse. And it maybe shouldn't, but it it also like you know if Buxton is just terrible for three weeks or something like that, that's going to make them think twice about yeah, pulling Sano up, and it's also probably going to mean they're not winning that many games. So, you know, a lot of this is sort of uh, team dependent, and and how if Buxton really takes off here and they kind of go on a bit of a a role, then I think it's it's only a matter of time. Micah Johnson of the White Sox, guy who disappointed early in the season for sure, uh, lost that job to, to Carlos Sanchez, and you know he's somebody that I, I still view as as really a kind of a one, maybe two category guy at his at his peak, but uh, and you have him just inside your top one hundred, not a guy who's you know an elite prospect by any means, but do you see him maybe coming back relatively soon? Sanchez has been a, a disaster offensively. Yeah, I just I just wanted to mention him because I don't want people to forget about him. Like he's he's hitting three thirty with a four oh two on base and seven steals in twenty four games at triple A, so uh really has has taken to that demotion well. I mean he he took it as a challenge and he's kinda of shown that he, he has that level pretty much mastered at this point. So Carlos Sanchez sitting there with a two eleven on base. Uh, that's, that's not helping anything. I mean, he, he's killing it on defense, but he's still, I think negative, negative wins above replacement since he's come up just because of how bad he's been on offense. Yeah. And you know, Johnson, I mean, he did struggle to start the year, but he, he still hit 270 with a 333 uh, yeah. on base. It was, I mean, it was defensive. Like yeah. that's, that's why he was sent down. I mean, I, I think they're, they're just, I don't know. That, that's one you could actually, I mean, people have made the comparison to, um, to Wong being sent down last year with Rugnet Odor. Uh, I think you might be able to make that same comparison to Johnson. Like if he gets called up here in a few weeks, uh, it's it's really just he has to play. He kind of has to be the, sh- the second base version of Wilmer Flores with the Mets, you know, where he just is passable enough on defense to, to make his offensive abilities, um, you know, make warrant his, his yeah. being on the roster. That's a very good point. And, uh, we'll move on, though. You mentioned your top prospects who could get called up in the event of an injury at the major league level. I'm surprised to see Nomar Mazar on here, just given the age. But, uh, I mean, talent is obviously through the roof. The tool's outstanding. Uh, but do you really think he has a realistic chance to come up this year? Yeah. I, I uh, you know, when I was down there watching uh, Frisco play Northwest Arkansas earlier this year, they were saying that the, the guy they thought might be up first was Mazzaro ahead of Gallo. Hmm. So, um, they they like this kid's maturity and and if you notice lately, I mean he's just been on on a tear. I mean he's, I remember in April and early May people were wondering where the power was. Well, it's it's here and he's <laughs> he's raking right now. Uh, I don't see them bringing him up just just kind of the way the roster is currently constructed. But if say Shinsu Chu were to go down with an injury, which is not you know that's not unreasonable no, to, not to see happening. So I mean if something like that happens, then I think Mazara could get the call because they you know they're they're a team that is kind of trying to seize the day with this season and uh i definitely think that he could could help them yeah you mentioned the power five home runs so far in june 14 games 16 rbi uh 
15 strikeouts, but I mean, heck, you'll take that when you're when you're slugging 667. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, the month of May, not not nearly as much power, just two homers in the month, but 282, 388 on base. I think, you know, he, he may just be 20 years old, but he's got uh, the, the, the plate approach, the, the pitch recognition, and the, the power, the offensive abilities to – uh, to handle, I think right now, and it may just be a matter of time. I think it will probably take an injury, and of course, you know they'll, they'll get Hamilton back. But it, that's that's in he's left. another guy yeah. that could get hurt too. Yeah, like, again, and, yeah. and like you know, he's an old twenty because he's been in pro ball for four years. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not like he was drafted at eighteen and now he's twenty. I mean, he's he's been in that system for a long time. So yeah, I mean, he might not be up. I, these are guys like I, I listed Nomar Mazzara, Wilmer Defoe, Michael Conforto, Josh Bell, Stephen Piscotti. These aren't guys that I would stash necessarily, unless you're just in a really deep single season league, but they're guys who, you know, if something happens to one of the guys that's clearly ahead of them on the organizational depth chart, then they're guys that are worth kind of scrambling to go pick up. We'll move on to the pitchers now. A guy who's down on your list I actually want to start with just because it sounds like he actually may be up pretty soon. That's Matt Whistler of the Braves. Uh, you, you wrote him up here, and you, you foreshadowed the, the faulty uh, option. Yeah, that was well, uh, well, a good point and good foreshadowing there, uh, foresight. But uh, you know, he was terrible. And yeah. do, you, do you have much <laughs> um, hope for him at all long term, or do you think it's bullpen? I think it's bullpen I, i've thought it was bullpen with him for a while um i applaud them for giving it a shot you know just mm-hmm. because they're not really legitimate contenders this year but uh especially when you just kind of look at their organizational pitching depth i mean they don't need him to be a starter mm-hmm. uh someone from that group's gonna have to end up in the bullpen might as well be him um, he'll be a good like back end sure. bullpen guy. yeah i Probably. mean he's well he the th- thing with him is like he he's got a he throws triple digits, but it's pretty straight. Mm-hmm. Um, Whistler is a guy. I mean, he was just absolutely on a roll, but then he got he got lit up his last time out. But uh, still, a guy that I think kind of could come in, and he's got the kind of ingredients, the ballpark to to have some success right away. I mean, I think he could be kind of Chichi Gonzalez esque in terms of what you're getting from him. It's not going to be a ton of strikeouts, just just 49 and 65 innings at AAA, but just 13 walks as well. So I mean, good command. Um, someone that I think, you know, maybe, maybe you roll them in a 12 teamer, but definitely your 14 and your 15 teamers. You mentioned struggled in his last start, seven earned runs over just over three innings, but May was a tremendous month for him. 1.78 ERA, uh, 088 whip, 197 batting average against, uh, and you mentioned the control, no more than two walks in any of his starts this mm-hmm. year in his 12 outings. I think, you know, I, I thought you know, coming into the season and even, you know, throughout uh, April and into May that they probably were, would be content to leave him down for a good chunk of the season. But it looks like, you know, might as well give him a and, roll, see how he fares. And I want to say, like, I wanted to list – I listed him as a guy who, you know, just missed Manny Benuelos. Manny Benuelos has been pitching his ass off. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason I went with Whistler is just because his start lines up better with, like, I was targeting, where like, who is he going to replace? And it, the obvious answer was Fulty. And you just kind of look at where they're where they've been pitching. Whistler was the guy who lined up. If they wanted to send Fulty down, uh, it would make sense that Whistler would be the guy to get the call because I think Banuelos pitched um, like two days ago. Fulty pitched a day ago or something like that. So uh, just wasn't or I, I forget when it was, but it doesn't line up. Banuelos though has been just as good as Whistler. So if he gets the call, uh, say Wilson Perez or whatever struggles, then. 
Ben Wales is another guy worth adding. Yeah, I I definitely like what Ben Wales has done, especially you know had some wasn't able to work deep in the games last year coming off Tommy John surgery, but he's uh, showing more length and you know holding up, and that's you know I I was pointed out just the other day too. I mean it's just common knowledge, but. You gave John Hart some grief, but man, they robbed Benuelos from the Yankees. Yeah, that was that was just a heist. Yeah. <laughs> David Carpenter, who was already DFA'd, and Jason Shreve, like, okay. <laughs> not a not a good one for New York, but uh credit credit to John Hart and the Braves for, for getting him. And yeah, uh Whistler, you know, the the Braves have said that they don't know they haven't decided who's gonna start Friday, but he's not obvious candidate given that he's gonna start. Uh, Friday is scheduled to start Friday for Triple A Gwinnett. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I think given the control, he's he's pretty safe whip asset more than likely. Probably mm-hmm. gonna have his ups and downs like any rookie starter, but a guy that I, I added in my NL only for sure, and even in a 14 team mixer. Uh, yep. Would you would you think say that's a reasonable line right there at about 14 teams? Yeah, yeah, I yeah wouldn't add him in a 12 teamer just yet. Um, and I, I added him in, in our stake league a week ago or, or two weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's time to grab him because he's probably going to get called up, maybe even by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. But Jose Barrios, another guy uh, we talked about and a lot of people speculating that he's getting close. He's been really good at double-A Chattanooga. Uh, it's, it's the point, though, where, you know, the, there seems to be an immediate need, but – well, what's did, what's who gets preventing them? Well, that's here's the thing. Is like to you and I, it looks like there's an immediate need. But who do you think? Yeah. Like say say, I mean, Irvin Santana is close to coming back too. That's true. Um, Ricky Nolasco maybe not as close, but I mean, he he probably comes back at some point. I I don't know. I I would prefer to. I think Barrios is more talented than anyone they have in the rotation. I mean, right Trevor now. May. Like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it'd be nice if they kind of just pulled the plug on on may maybe um yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting though because like with sano it's it's like if you're gonna call up i mean barrios might be more big league ready than sano or buxton so yeah, that's true. um especially in that park so yeah i mean it he's he's the guy who of all the people i listed he's the one who's who's ranked the highest he's the best pitching prospect of the bunch so you know i'd like to see him as well 3.09 ERA and 13 starts at Chattanooga. Just a 1.16 whip, 9.5 strikeouts per nine. And, you know, the control pretty darn good, too, for a 21-year-old at that level, 2.4 walks per nine. I'd like to see him up. He's a guy that, you know, I'd I'd grow grab in certain leagues, but I, I don't no. know if he's as close as this next guy we're going to talk about, Stephen Matt. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't – you know Barrios, yeah, it's tough to know where to grab him. Maybe in a maybe in an AL only. Uh, Mats, though, you know I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to unseat anyone currently in that rotation. Um, just based like he's not going to be like, oh, we're kicking you out, John Neese, and or we're kicking you out, Bartolo Colon. But uh, you know they've shown willingness to go with a six-man rotation. That's an option. They've, you know, an injury could happen. Um, or a trade could happen. I think I think one of those three scenarios is more likely to happen, you know, over the next month than not. So yeah. uh there's a lot of ways that he could get in there. Uh they could they could also opt to call him up and use him in the bullpen cuz they do need some help there, but I I don't think they would do that. Um I mean, he's he's a guy that I think profiles better as a starter than a reliever anyways. 
so yeah, I mean, someone that's probably owned actually. I mean, like, what formats yeah. do you think he's unowned in? Like, twelve teamers, maybe ten teamers. Uh, maybe a certain fourteen teamers, but maybe, yeah, probably right around there. I have them. I've been stashing them in my NL only for like a month already. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they, there's been reports, you know, out of New York that before the All Star break is is likely, but maybe even by you know July first. So yeah, I'd really like to see that. And I, while we're on the subject of the Mets, so I wanted to just ask you about just a speculative thing. But I saw you. I mean, you mentioned the the need in the bullpen. Uh, I know somebody threw out there. I think it was one of their beat writers that you know maybe Syndergaard could be an option to move there. Like this I saw given that, that too. Like just given oh, as a way to man. manage the innings. That would uh, God, that would piss me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would be so pissed if they Wanted did that. Wanted to get that. you riled up. Um, you know, like just ah, top pitching prospect in baseball. Like don't don't mess with it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I feel like. Maybe for this season, it, it you know it feel a need, and then you get mats up. But at the same well, time, like, it would make sense. Say they got into the the playoffs, like maybe you make that transition, say in September or something like that. Uh, I don't think now is now is not the time when you do it. Like if you want to manage his innings, then like remove him from from the rotation when he's maxed out his the starts you're willing to give him, and mm-hmm. let him pitch out of there the rest of the season, so that it's not. You're not yo-yoing him around like the Orioles do with Kevin Gaussman. It drives me crazy. Like, yeah. like send a guy somewhere and like keep him there, or you know, I mean, just quit the back and forth. Yeah, and you know the the point, the argument could be made that you know you can just get him stretched out next year, and that's very true. But at the same time, that yo-yoing, yeah, can have an effect on on a young guy. And uh, yeah, Gaussman, I don't know what the heck they're doing. I mean, they seem to be shortening him back up, and now they're going to start him. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. What's it going drives on. me crazy what they i've that's probably the handling of a young player that has pissed me off the most over the past couple of years yeah i i could definitely tell um <laughs> now daniel norris he's a guy who's you know he's, he's had some success at triple a but the control's still been an issue down mm-hmm. there and uh I, I would i've been stashing him in our you know 16 team uh stake league hashtag buyer uh, but he's hashtag <laughs> <laughs> paying <laughs> paying out the out the ass but now norris i feel like he it's only a matter of time before he gets up but is he actually you know is it actually gonna pay off stashing him in those deeper leagues uh you know he's he's gonna be a whip risk but i actually do think he can be solid in terms of run prevention and strikeouts so it's not going to be all good but it, i think there's going to be enough value there uh you know that offense behind him to at least be like a spot start option mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i i think it's it's just a matter of time though before he's back up luis severino the yankees 38th overall prospect on your list uh, you know i didn't expect to see him really even you know flirt with the majors this season but uh, you know, Nathan Eovaldi's been terrible. Uh, but but Ivan Nova's close. Same time, you still have Adam Warren, CC Sabathia in there. Do you do you really think that they could call him up, or do you think it's more likely that they maybe make a move to add a, a more established arm? Uh, I don't think I don't think they need to trade for an arm. I mean, the the biggest problem they have is that their worst pitcher, CC Sabathia, is probably firmly in that rotation i mean as as sad as that is like he's he's owed 25 million next year um you know i i said if if adam warren was pitching like cc sabathia severino might already be in the rotation like but mm. adam warren's actually been better than sabathia and Ivaldi, so 
do you really want to you know reward him by demoting him just to get Severino up there mm-hmm. um I don't know I I think you know Nova could always get hurt or you know just struggle I mean he's he's had issues with his command so far in his rehab um Eovaldi maybe maybe Eovaldi works out of the bullpen you know maybe yeah. that's you know you had to think of that as an option when you traded for him if you're the Yankees is like if this doesn't work out at least you know he's probably going to be pretty good in the pen so mm-hmm. uh, that might work out uh, I, I kind of listed Severino you know partly because he's he's close I mean he's killing it at AAA um, but also just because of the upside like if he does get the call then he's someone who could be better than any of these guys yeah and you know, I, I agree with you. And, you know, the reason I brought up the possibility of, you know, adding an arm is just because the, the Yankees had a scout in, in Cincinnati to watch Johnny Cueto start last night. Oh, interesting. You know, the Yankees <laughs> the Yankees system <laughs> – or Reds fan, of course. But, you know, the Yankees system has been built back up in recent oh, years. Yeah. I actually think that would be a to, nice fit. Oh, well, you'd love to grab a few guys out of there. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Judge. Grab, grab Judge, grab, grab uh, Severino, Severino, maybe grab Mateo. Who knows? Oof. Don't even – say that because I uh, absolutely love that. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it uh, sounds like that was the second straight start of Cueto's that they've had a scout at at least. So got to I mean, imagine, a lot of guys scouting him. Got to imagine that Judge is probably off limits for the Yanks, though. Probably. I, Severino might not be. I think Severino's available. I think, uh, you know, a guy like Jorge Mateo might be available. So, you know, if you just I, – I don't think you could ask for more than one of those two, but if you got one of those two and then some some – Maybe like a guy like Bird, like you said, uh, who I've compared to Joey Votto in the past. Like, you get get a couple of guys like that. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, it's it's been a nice run with Cueto, and but I, you know, it's obviously coming to an end. I'm just you know excited to see what the, the return package ends up being. And, and Chapman too. I, I think you know if they opt to move him this season, uh, get, could get maybe even more of a haul, just given that he's under contract for for next year. Uh, now, Brian Johnson you have tabbed here as, as a guy who's, who's pretty close, more so than Henry Owens. I find that pretty interesting. Henry Owens' rough start to the year has come on a bit. Uh, but do you think it is indeed Johnson that's uh, next up f- for Boston? You know, it might come down to scheduling and, like, who lines up, like, whose spot they're taking. But if it if everything was equal, I think it makes sense for Johnson to be the guy uh, for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, you want to reward the guy that's pitching better, and that's Johnson you it makes sense to take the guy who's older that's Johnson too I mean he's 24 Owens is 22 there's really nothing pointing in Owens favor other than his prospect pedigree Mm -hmm. and uh I think you know you could could see them both up but I think the guy that probably gets the first crack and the guy that's most deserving of getting the first crack is Johnson you know I I do like Owens he's just 22 years old at AAA I mean I think he's you know we've talked in the past about the floor uh, his floor as a prospect, but the control. I mean, the control this year has been downright bad. 43 uh, walks and 70 in the third innings converted to 58 strikeouts. It's not a great combination. You need to see him bring that down. And I think you're right that Johnson's more deserving. I don't think many people would think that Johnson's been missing more bats than Owens either, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's that been the case too. So, um, you know, long term I'd take Owens, but this year I, I think I'm going to take Johnson. Yeah, and you got uh, as far as your just missed, you have Aaron Nola, Frankie Montas, Sean Nolan, Manu, Manny Banuelos, and Zach Lee. I actually got a question uh, from Timothy Crawford on Twitter at Mallory's Papa. Uh, asked, asked me about Nola. Uh, only went three innings in his last start. Um, you know, I 
I don't think there was actually an injury in, in play, but I'm not certain because Ruben Amaro said that Nola is not a candidate to take Jerome Williams' spot in the rotation, uh, but he didn't mention an injury. So have you heard anything about this? Uh, no. I'm, I mean, do you know what his pitches were at? Yeah, I, I need to check that out because you know he, he sent me this on Twitter and I just didn't have time to look closely into it. But let me uh, take a look at the game log here. He was at 69 pitches. Actually, it looks like he went five innings, so I don't know what he was exactly talking about. Uh, looks like he may have been mistaken. So he went five. Maybe there was a scare after three, but uh, looks like he is fine, actually. So. Mallory's papa. You can breathe easy. <laughs> you, you and Mallory can both <laughs> breathe easy. Uh, yeah, th- that'll do it for the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. Again, check out James's latest Farm Futures piece well, on the site. Do we want to tease the... Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, we're not going to grade out a wrestler, uh, but we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, Moving forward. Yeah, like, so, you know, we enjoy the the grading out of wrestlers, um, you know, kind of makes the podcast fun, at least for us. Um, and I know, <laughs> I know, I know we've gotten some feedback on that on Twitter, too. So, uh, yeah, sorry to sorry to see that go. I mean, we, it, I felt it kind of ran its course uh, for the most part. I mean, there weren't obvious guys out there that we really felt strongly about grading out. I mean, there are a couple of legends we left on the board and like Hogan and and Flair, but um you know, it, it, those guys, everybody knows about them. Yeah. Um, Throwing out some of those grades got a little arbitrary. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so not, what we're going to do instead, which is which is hopefully maybe not exciting to the same uh, group of listeners, but <laughs> to help maybe a different group, is we're going to be grading out uh, rap groups. And probably just individual rappers eventually. Yeah. It might get, it might get there. Um, so <laughs> the... I don't remember the exact categories off the top of my head, but there's going to be five categories for that. Uh, on the 20 to 80 scale. On the 20 to 80 scale. If there's a category you think needs to be part of our criteria, you can tweet at us. I'm at RealJRAnderson. He's at uh, CW Link. Clay uh, W. Clay w. <laughs> Link. Um, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's going to be fun. I haven't decided which group we're going to start it off with next week. I mean... If we wanted to go all 80s, we could start off with the woo, but yeah. maybe maybe just something kind of, you know, a 60-grade group, something like yeah. that, if we can think of one. Um, the, the group that started the conversation was, like, well below 40. <laughs> below uh, below ter- Terror Squad? Yeah, we were, gonna, we were just talking about Terror Squad in the office. <laughs> um, yeah, they'd get a lot of 30s and 20s. Um, <laughs> Fat so. Joe's look in the... Uh, the bet your man can't video. I mean, that's a, that's an atrocious look <laughs> for a hip hop artist. But I mean, yeah, I don't remember the. We haven't established the five categories yet. Again, let us know if you have a certain category that you need in there. But we had uh, just off the top of my head, like well, style, um, yeah, lyrical like, style. Like, well, yeah, like flow, uh, just lyrical ability. Um, look was look, still enough. Yeah, look <laughs> slash look. Yeah, look slash like swag, um, and then. Uh, trying to think here oh uh longevity mm-hmm. and then impact on the genre uh yeah. so yeah i mean there's there's some guy like you know there's some some of the earlier groups probably get 80 80 impacts um you know it, it'll be fun it'll be a fun thing to do at the yeah. end of these shows um so yeah look forward to that next week the longevity one i think is good because it's something new to consider you know you look back on these guys you have to really you know maybe throw on the old the old ta- uh cd uh, so just you know, get reacclimated to the music, really kind of touch base and see, you know, if you were totally off 
off the wall thinking they were good back in the day or maybe they, they still hold up or yeah i mean if it's a group like uh you know the roots who have been yeah. together for like two decades you know i mean that that's an that's 80 longevity right yeah there. you get better with time exactly well thank you for listening to the roadwire prospect podcast be sure to rate and review the podcast on itunes if you get a chance we will be back with you next thursday this is the story of harry's For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.